Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Thank you. Meowdy, everyone. Come in. Let me catch up on chat here. Welcome to the Clouder, Silent Reaper 2. Hello, hello, everyone. Hellos and boops. How's everyone doing? Doing okay? Live it, love it. Got a little work down. Now you're going to hang and enjoy stream. Wonderful. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you're all here. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Genderful. I'll say this welcome again in a minute, probably. But usually we start with my little like trans check-in. So I'm gonna start there. I'm gonna pause the music though, even though it's lovely. So hi everyone, I'm Gender Meowster. I am, I think two months and a week on HRT. And I wrote down two simple things I wanted to check in on this week. Part of how I start my show is I do a little check-in. And the theme or moral of the story for this week has been that I didn't realize how bad the dysphoria felt until it started to lift. And I've had so much more energy and ability to, to do things. I have felt like so much more of a person since starting HRT. And that's been a huge, wonderful change for me. I feel way less depressed now. And that's what I wanted to share is like my mental health is improving and my brain's ability to brain is getting better with being on HRT. Now I'm going to swap over. Let me make sure my guests are ready. And then we'll do our formal sort of show intro once we switch. Let's see here. Okay, let's switch over. Meowdy folks, and welcome to episode nine of Genderful, which is short for Gender Wonderful. We are a weekly, sometimes twice a week podcast slash talk show featuring some really lovely rotating cast of not cast, excuse me, rotating guest schedule. I'm Gender Meowster, your host, and I use they, them pronouns. And we are, we're here today to talk about gender. We're here every time to talk about gender, but this week in particular, we are here with three folks who I will let them introduce themselves in just a moment, but they're all at different stages of being trans and transitioning and, or not, or question marks, go here, um, questioning gender. And I thought this would be a really valuable topic to bring to the community to see what it's like at all these different stages. We'll go left to right, top to bottom. So first we'll have uh, name and pronouns from Allie, then we'll hear from Trans Griffin and Kathy Barra. Hello. Hello. So I'm Allie, or Alina, they slash she pronouns. Hello. Welcome here. Next we have Griffin. Lexi, also known as Trans Griffin, and I use they and he pronouns. And last we have Capybara. Hi, I'm Trans Capybara, and I use she, her pronouns. Nice. And I'm Gender Meowster. I use they, them pronouns. Welcome, welcome all of you to the stream. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to have you here. Good to be here. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. 
we've done very basic introductions, but would you all like to tell the rest of us a little about yourselves and maybe where you are on your sort of trans journey trajectory? We can do the same order again. Can I maybe go later in the order? <laughs> so like sure. That's have totally time fine. to formulate a thought. That's fine. Can we reverse the order then and have Capybara? Are you willing to take the lead, trans elder? Hmm. Okay. I am a trans woman, and I came out in... Let's see. I came out to myself October 2014 and started HRT in April of 2015 and went through all of that female puberty awesomeness, the second puberty, and recently had gender confirmation surgery in January of this year. And now here I am, like six years HRT and feeling really great about it. Awesome. That's so awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm here as a fledgling or fresh hatchling. I came out to myself in January this year, so I'm pretty fresh. <laughs> no HRT, nothing going on as of yet. Uh, I'm still pursuing getting to a psychologist, but the waiting lists are long. So for now, I'm just uh, here doing my self-exploration, interacting with the community. And so far, it's been absolutely amazing to have so many people around me who are just loving and understanding and uh, who know what it's like from their own experience. Love that. Okay. I came out to myself about you know, a month and a half ago. Still very much an egg. I don't know where I sit on a gender spectrum. I've been gender fluid for a number of years. So I just decided that the best way to figure out a solution is to start asking questions and throwing things against the wall and if it sticks let's run with it and so that's what I'm doing here and I'm gender meowster I came out as non-binary in I think it was 2017 I'd have to check my notes I've started HRT about two months ago so even though I've been trans for a while, I've been on HRT for less of a while, and that's been a whole time. So I'm an in-betweener person, but like between where trans griffin and trans capybara are. And that's not to say that every non-binary person has to be on HRT to be trans. That's not true at all. You can be trans and never do HRT. But just like in terms of like identity versus like physical transformation stuff, that's where I land on that trajectory. Okay, so... There's so many things that we could talk about, and I guess I should also let our guests know, if you are here watching the live stream, you also have the option to, look at that, Miramis already on it. You have the option to submit your own questions, either by typing here in the Twitch stream or by submitting questions in the Discord. So if we can get exclamation point Discord in the chat, please. Let me go make sure my AMA thing is turned on. Boop. There we go. Should work now. Let me try it again. Nope. Lies. Yeah, so you can you can submit your questions to this lovely panel of guests that we have and we'll do our best to answer and if we don't feel like answering then we won't. But yeah, we are here to see what we can do about 
answering questions folks might have. The first question that I wrote ahead of time is how has your relationship to gender evolved over time? Has what's just biography? How has it been? When did you realize a thing? What's what's been things that have been realized, etc. And anyone can go first. Who wants to go first? Yeah. Who wants to go first? I can go first if you would like. Cool. <laughs> That's sure. fine. Yeah, yeah, let's hear from you, Trans Griffin. Thanks for volunteering. Uh, it all started when I was born. <laughs> yeah, I'm AFAB and I grew up very Christian. I never felt like I had a super conscious relationship to my gender. I was a tomboy. I was a really boyish uh, little girl. And I always wanted to do the boy stuff, like playing with cars, toy cars, and a big love for dinosaurs all of my life. I'm not saying that dinosaurs or cars are gendered at all, but that's what uh, society often says or thinks. Luckily, my parents never objected to my interests or, yeah, I only started thinking about my own gender when I left the country because all of that Christian environment around me was pressing me into that mold, which is funny because I've always been known as a mind, as some sort of rule breaker, if you will, because I was a little punk, I was a goth, and I was a metalhead. I was surely not going to follow any rules uh, imposed on me by society. Of course, treat people well and uh, basic human decency, but not you have to dress like this or you have to move like that or you have to have those interests. That was never me. But I never, never came to that point where I would question my gender identity. So when I left that place, it was like the wild open space my mind could go everywhere and there was no one like berating me for going outside of Christian values or stuff. And the first thing that actually happened was that I thought back and into my life, like when I was a teen, I actually had a, a few relationships with women, like young women back then when I was a teen. And I realized that is still a part of me. I still would like to uh, date women, so perhaps some bi. That was my first conclusion. And later on, I concluded that I'm probably pan and demisexual because I only care about people's uh, personalities and I only feel attracted to someone if they're already very close to me. I don't know what it's like to see a person on the street and feel attracted to them. I just don't experience that. And that was like the starting point of me going out of my comfort zone, going out to explore more. And I was getting into Star Wars role-playing and fanfiction and opened a little server just to be have a cozy space to write fanfictions together. And people started bouncing in and I realized that a lot of trans people had come here. And I was like, oh, cool. That's cool. I have never been around trans people before. So I, I started talking to them and that's what sparked it all inside of me. I was like, why do I feel so connected to you? Why do I feel like you're my tribe? Why this feels like a home that where I belong that I never considered. <laughs> and yeah, then I started doing my research uh, on LGBT wiki and stuff. 
And then I saw non-binary and I was like, oh, this egg is cracking. This egg is cracking so hard. <laughs> As a fun side note for those listening along at home later, the overlay on the stream has a giant non-binary flag and then Trans Griffin's background has a smaller non-binary flag. So we have like non-binary inception going on, <laughs> which is very cool. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I love that so much that you found the non-binary identity and it was so thrilling to you. Absolutely. It, it was scary at first, but it felt so natural. Like, see, this has always been you. Just ad admit it. Just. <laughs> well, and you're also one of the one of our regular sort of moderators and contributors in our community here with, at Gender Meowster. And I've been noticing you've been finding all these great resources on the LGBTQ wiki and posting them. Do you want to share mm -hmm. about the some of the orientation stuff you found in the last week or so? Oh, oof. I, I keep reading articles there. I read something about Trixic and Toric, which if I'm if I'm getting the words Trixic is a form of orientation that non-binary people experience towards women. And Toric is a form of attraction that non-binary people experience towards men. And there's also an umbrella term for all types of attractions, which can only be felt by non-binary people as a non-binary exclusive experience, which is called diamoric. And I really love the flag. It's it's beautiful. It's green and white and green and has a, I think it's a lotus bloom in the middle of the flower. It's really beautiful. I love that so much. I was actually, I was laying in bed next to Capybara, who is my wife, last night, showing her all of that last night. I was like, look at this Trixic thing, isn't it cool? We're like, where's the one for like, women who love non-binary people? And we're just, it was fun. It was so fun. It was so fun to have more options than we used to, just L, G, and B. Like, I love it. Expansive. Yeah, a lot of a lot of new words are, have been coined in the past few years, and it's amazing. I'm pretty sure there is one for women who love non-binary people, because I've seen a chart with like all genders and all genders like in a cross, like up here, and then checking this gender is into this orientation is into this one and this one. There was one for everyone. I gotta see if I can find it again. It was a cool resource. That's very cool. <clears throat> I love that. Who wants to tell their story next? Allie, are you feeling that you want to go next or shall I? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. So, wait, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, how has your relationship to gender evolved over time? Okay, I'm older. I'm almost 50, which puts me in growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, being a teenager slash early adult in the early 90s. And gender and sexuality was much, it was very dichotomous then. You were either a man or a woman, and you never admitted to not being strict, being gay or bisexual or lesbian or anything like that. It was The closet was a real deal then. And I was pretty much in the closet with my sexuality, which for the most part I've identified as bi. I do have some questions about Demi or Pan. And it wasn't until probably 2005, 2006 that I became open about my sexuality. And 
since then it's evolved i've come in and out of the closet with that a few different times i finally just ripped the fucking hinges off of that door and just fuck the door on the closet we're gonna rip the hinges off this bitch and as far as my relationship to gender and gender identity so one of my best friends this was we were roommates for two and a half years we were co-workers for three years she transitioned male to female back in 1999 i believe it was and she had a very difficult time with coming out and she isolated herself a lot she cut herself off from everybody that she knew because she wanted to do this and she was afraid of hearing any more i guess you could say pushback but then i eventually heard about it and her and i have I haven't seen her since 2005, 2006-ish. We still chat regularly. And then, let's see, in 2010, so I have six children, five of them are my biological children, and then I have a stepson who, when I first married his mother, was a little girl. And about the time his mother and I divorced... He came out to his mother as transgender, began counseling when he was about 14, HRT, 16, give or take. Now he's 21. He's So it's just basically my mind has said, who are you? Who are you? Are you male? Are you female? Are you in between? I'm a psychology student. And I also, I do a multidisciplinary study that's psychology and sociology. And gender is a very social construct. Part of our psychological development is identifying a gender as a child. And I'm trying to move away from the dichotomous thinking, I guess you could say. Where am I on that? What's my own personal construct of gender that I can define myself with. And I don't know where that is yet. I'm, like I said, I'm asking questions and I'm seeing what sticks is the best way I can explain it. And uh, that's where I'm at. That's very cool. We actually, based on some conversations we were having, I realized the need to have some questioning roles in my Discord server. So we now have roles for questioning disability, gender, neurodiversity, sexuality, and coming soon, we'll also have questioning plurality. We also have opt-in spaces for all of those five things for those who aren't questioning but feel solidly identified with that. So then folks who identify those ways can support those who are questioning. So we have like the, the setup we have on stream where we've got that our elders and our youngers who are just questioning or hatching or not hatching or egg mode or whatever, we can all support each other in in that process. So if anyone is interested in that, here's the invite to the Discord server here in the chat. I'll make sure it's also included in the show notes for both the uh, podcast and the YouTube video later. But yeah, the other thing that I will mention is we're also affiliated with the Trans Community Center, which is a 4,000-person server instead of a 350-ish person server that has similar sorts of figuring yourself out spaces for trans people. So if you would like to 
join that community as well. That is another place to talk with other trans folks. Yeah. Thank you, Allie. That was really good to share. I love that you that you have a trans kid. Is this the kid that you play video games with? No. So while I still claim uh, that child as my child, since I divorced his mother, he just doesn't have anything to do with me. He's friendly whenever I'm over visiting the other children. No, but my child that I play video games with all the time, he will be 17 this year. He has identified as pansexual. Nice. His older sister, who will be 18 this year, identifies as pansexual as well. And unfortunately, my oldest daughter hasn't really identified as anything that I know of. And then my two younger children, I don't have those conversations with them, but their mother is extremely open. We've always had that kind of, I guess you could say, philosophy of no question is taboo. And we accept them for who they are, the way they are, and don't try to tell them what to be. We let them figure that out for themselves, and then they tell us who they are. And so my uh, 12-year-old and 14-year-old haven't told me yet, so I'll find out when I find out. Cool. Love that. Love that for you. Capybara, would you like to share about your relationship with gender over time? You did a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add. Oh, yeah. I could go on and on. So... I, whenever I was growing up, I grew up on a cattle ranch. And as the firstborn child into my family, they knew that a boy was coming. And <clears throat> so they ascribed a bunch of gender roles to me, like before I was even born. So I was screwed from the beginning. They, they had some pretty high expectations about what they were uh, wanting out of me. So they were trying to mold me into a, the next generation of cowboy, just like my father and his father. And on down the line, I'm just the next one. And, and it turns out that I never really met my father's expectations. You know, as a person that was going to conform to the family norm there. So I remember as a kid, I was like really into beauty and flowers and hanging out with my mom and my grandmother inside and making pies and cooking and not really interested at all in anything my father wanted to do. And I think it really upset the dynamic there. So that I think there was some extra effort there to mold me, forcefully mold me into the image that they wanted me to be. So I never really got a chance to express my femininity as a younger kid and kept it pretty repressed for a long time. And so it took me a long time to really realize that I was trans, actually. And th there was things here and there that snuck out over time. Like I have a younger sister and she and I were would play together like sisters and play dolls and make, you know, basically I was playing with uh, doll houses, but it was like with my Star Wars figures and then Star Wars figures would play with my sister's Barbie and they would be best friends, even though the Star Wars figure is half the height of a Barbie. And they would sit in the pool together and we would play kitchen and have a good time. It was, uh, it was fun growing up with my sister. Never really felt like I wanted another boy around, I was perfectly happy 
with myself and with my sister and with my family. And there was, uh, as time got went on and I started to experience the male puberty start to come on, then I started to be really confused about what I was feeling and increasingly disconnected from my body and starting to become that depersonalized, dissociated, separated out. And my mom actually noticed that as I was growing up. And nowadays, whenever she talks about me as a youth, she's, you're always so sad. And I never knew why. And when you finally came out, it all made sense to me. At least I have a parent that's on my side and respects me and says my name and pronouns. And we have a pretty, pretty good relationship nowadays. And so it goes. And as time goes on, I go through high school and I get into college and I find that I need to compulsively shave all my body hair off of me. And I don't really know why it just feels good. It's I don't want, I look at it and I feel I need this hair off of me. And I never really internalized what, why that was. And I really didn't have any trans people around me to compare myself against. And I didn't have any point of reference and I didn't really know what being trans was. And I really actually didn't know anything about the LGBT community at all. And I, time goes on and on. And then I graduate college and I get married and have kids and have a house and an RV. And as time goes on, my dysphoria gets worse and worse. And eventually it gets to the point where I can actually Google the symptoms. <laughs> I got to that point. And once I started doing that, it's like, why am I feeling like this? And I don't think that men actually have to think through this interesting body mapping. I have to map a female body onto myself. And I don't think men have to do that to have sex with someone else. And then that's what gender dysphoria is. And then it's like that leads folks that are trans experience this. And the way that you solve for that is that you transition and take HRT and all of this stuff. I was in the middle of a marriage and I'm just like, wow, that's hardcore. I, I was actually at a point where I'm, I was looking for solutions and that seemed like a pretty good direction to go in. <laughs> because I was drinking alcohol and kind of heading down a road that I really didn't want to go down, especially with having kids. So I am, um, so I started to go, I started to just come out to myself like, wow, it makes a lot of sense actually being trans and female it makes a lot of sense looking back on my life. No wonder I have this like affinity towards women and feeling like an outsider whenever I'm around men, just feeling like I'm not supposed to be there. And then whenever I started HRT, that was like, oh, wow, dang. This is like the brain chemicals really started to click on that and knew it was the right direction for me. And so I just, I went, I went forward with all of it. Just, okay, coming out and taking HRT and I'm going to deal with my marriage and which ended up divorcing. It didn't survive the marriage, and it's pretty common. As time went on, and I saw more of myself in the mirror, 
I knew I was still going in the right direction. And it's one of those things that I continue. There was uh, there's points of my life where I continually questioning, am I trans enough? Am I doing the right thing? Is this really who I am? And then the answer is always, yeah, this is it. And I'm um, feeling really good. And just keep going because you're feeling as, as authentic as you've ever felt before. Eventually, I'll meet meet my wonderful partner and got married again and living the best life actually i think it's pretty good for context i'm the partner that happy bear married (laughs) yes you are the partner and i whenever i first came out i was scared and didn't know which direction was which and i didn't know what trans meant or whether I was feeling like that. And I I had trans folks that I knew from work and I invited them to coffee and asked them, I feel like this and I feel like that. And I, what do you, do you think I'm trans? And yeah, there, it was almost <laughs> just like an immediate, like, yes. Because cis people do not ask these questions. I'm like, all right, okay. It reminds so. me of something that Elle said last week that I found, I think it was Elle anyways, that I found really useful, which is usually if you are cisgender, which means not trans, if you are the gender assigned at birth, you don't wonder if you might maybe be trans a little bit, maybe. If you're wondering about it, you probably are. And they said something similar about plurality. If you're wondering if you might be plural... You're probably some flavor of plural, because a singlet singlet people do not wonder if they might maybe be plural. It's a, I don't know, the experience that's pretty exclusive to trans people. In you know this case. that whenever I listen to that, whenever I listen to that plural stream, I'm like, am I plural? Because there's like pieces of me inside that are kind of like that. So yeah, maybe. I'm not really at the point where I'm going to be out about it-ish, but it certainly has me questioning, for sure. So relating back to my path, my gender path, like I'm out trans woman, I'm a trans elder, I like to offer my, my, my support and my perspective and I like to listen to others that are just now coming out because that's what I experienced whenever I came out. I'm pa- I'm just paying it forward to the community and it's awesome. I love it. It's really cool. On that particular topic, if I remember correctly, at different points, I think I started a phone call with both Trans Griffin and with Allie and then handed you my phone and walked off to go do things and you all talked for another hour or two or three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I gotta go, but here you go. <laughs> Here's another trans elder like, to talk to about everything. It's like trans griffins. We could talk for hours, but I have to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, fair. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Frustration so, of having to go to bed after such a great conversation. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm Where grateful... I'm grateful, Capybara, that we can tag team like that. It's I go meet 500 people, and then I hand you the four that really need to talk to you specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always happy to. I get to talk to someone else. 
just it's ex it's exciting to me. Aww. It's not like it's not a burden at all. I love it. You do. I love it too. I just I'm just the volume of people I meet is so a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's okay though. It means we have lots of new friends, which is great. Yep. And as time goes on, these folks I help along the journey will become elders themselves and hopefully they will help to pay it forward and it just keeps rolling like that. I love that. That's great. There's plenty of questions I could ask if I think I'm gonna ask a closet related question because I think one of our one of our guests actually typed that question in. But if anyone in the chat would like to submit questions, as a reminder, you can either submit them here in the chat or you can type them in the Discord and we will try to get to them. I've checked in with the cast and it sounds like we're here for about another hour, 55 minutes or so. I know that we started a little later than usual today, so wanted to invite folks that want to ask questions to do. In the meantime, we have a question about closets. Are you in the closet? And if you are, why? Are there areas of your life that you're out in and areas that you are not? How do you feel about being closeted or not? So I know at least for me, I'm pretty much out of the closet everywhere about being non-binary, but there might be like one or two grandparents I haven't told because I haven't talked to them or they're actively dying right now or whatever is going on. So there's, for me at least, it's like, how important is it? How important is it to share this information with someone who's about to pass away? But in general, Twitch is my workplace. So at my workplace, I'm out. My <laughs> my family and friends know. Now, who knows about me being on HRT? That's a different question. I'm not particularly hiding it, but I didn't go tell every individual person like, oh, I've started HRT. And honestly, at this point, it's I've already come out as a lesbian, as non-binary, like disabled, probably more things that I'm forgetting. And so it's just, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to have to keep doing it. So people in my life generally know that I'm some flavor of alternative, air quotes. And if they want to talk more about it, I'm happy to. But I just haven't gone through the effort of doing it. I guess another sort of related thing I can add to this question is... Uh, name change stuff and maybe actually we'll lump that into the next question what are your plans if any for coming out so yeah what about y'all sorry I had to unmute my mic but I can go next if Griffin or Cappy doesn't want to I'm not in the closet you're not in the closet at all so I have different levels of people that are, I would say I'm out at different levels so like with public in general, I'm out about my sexuality. If people don't like it, they can take a flying leap, whatever. On my social media, I have on there that I'm 100% queer. I identify as queer rather than bisexual. But as far as gender, there's a very small handful of people that I've spoken with about this. One of them is my lover, and he's totally thrilled by it. Some of my, my, my closest friends, they're like family to me. So I'm over at my best friend's house and his roommate, one of his roommates, he has two roommates. They're a couple. They're married and have a child together. And so she did my hair and makeup for me, helped me figure out 
I guess you could say an outfit. Like I've got a whole outfit, a nice dress, leggings, ballet shoes. So I feel pretty. Your photo, (laughs) you look great in your photo. Thank you. And there are people in my life that I'm rather closeted with. It's more of a don't ask, don't tell situation. And that's mainly because it could really interrupt or disrupt my place to live. My landlord is at the minimum, like not trans friendly. And I think probably transphobic. So until I have, I can say this is who I am because I'm the kind of person when I say this is my point, this is where I'm at, I'm not backing down. I will not back down, period. And, but until I know where that point is, where, how do I define myself? Where am I? Who am I? Etc. Until I figure that out, I'm just playing my cards close to my vest, so to say, and I'm not telling anybody that I don't feel 100% comfortable with. I'm not hiding it either, although there is some, I'm submitting resumes to various agencies in my community. One agency wants to hire me, but they want to mail. They want to mail on staff, not necessarily that they wouldn't hire me if I was a female, but they need a mail on staff. For I really can't explain why without it being too. Is there some like um, binary gender essentialism nonsense going on? Well, okay, no. It, here's what it is. So I, it's I, you know, it's a treatment center. I'm a substance use disorder professional, and we have a contract for the therapeutic court system in our county. And that means that someone has to observe the UAs for the therapeutic courts. And so it has to be a female observing females, and it has to be a male observing males. So they want a male. So there's no one to observe me. I I broke their brains with my non-binariness. Yeah. Like right now I'm interning with that agency, and they want me to come on as a a paid employee, but they want a male so that they have a male on staff to be able to observe UAs because it's a a small office. There's four females in the office and then me. And this is, you know, it's important. Cuts back to our gender essentialism conversation, like six episodes ago. If we eliminate the way that the binary is so entrenched in our world, problems like this go away. And so I, I agree. I I agree. Like I've already stated, gender is a social construct. And right now, for the most part, it is dichotomous. It is binary. Agencies like mine, we look at it from more than a binary standpoint, but legally, and, and we deal with legal issues, it's still binary. It's the state is, I'm fortunate that the state I live in is very progressive. And like on my licenses, as far as gender, I have an option as non-disclosed, I believe it is. It's male, female, non-disclosed, which is a step in the right direction, but it's not not, there yet. It's not robust enough. And Uh, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I've rambled on enough. (laughs) I was just going to say, we had a, a question come in. I'm not sure if this person wants their name mentioned on stream, so I won't. But the question is, have you experienced, and this is for the whole panel, have you experienced anxiety about coming out to close friends now or when you first came out? Y'all. The answer is yes. Yes. 
all y'all. How did you deal with it? What, what, how did you cope? I just yeah. breathe. Like I have certain friends that like they know my deepest, darkest secrets already, like whatever. And I don't even think twice about telling them or speaking with them about anything. And then I have different levels of friends that I'm open with, but I have to take a moment to go, okay, let me tell this person this. Past that, I do very much keep my personal life. My, I play my cards close to my vest or breast. And yeah, I saw what you did there. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. I was, the, we literally no, have a no pun matter, emote for this channel. Puns are, like, puns are allowed. <laughs> as somebody who has fathered six children, I cannot avoid dad jokes. I just can't. It's, <laughs> it goes against the grain. The way I deal with any anxiety is to breathe. For me and my own personal growth, I, I do have generalized anxiety disorder. I have a formal diagnosis of PTSD. And one of the tools I use to cope with anxiety is mindfulness meditation. And I just do a 10 second mindfulness to regulate my breath, focus on my breath. And as I do that, the anxiety lowers. Does anyone else have helpful I, I tips? I remember asking you this. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I came out to my friends, like I came out to myself and then I figured it out. And then it was like, okay, who else do I tell? Who's first? Besides the people that I'm trying to bounce things off of and going to coffee with other trans people. I think those are the, I, I felt like those folks were the most safe. So I went with them next. And then after that, it was my best friend. So I tried to take it one at a time at the very beginning with the closest people to me first. And then sort of just took them to a restaurant or tried to get an intimate conversation with them and see where they stood and you know I think I lucked out with my friends because most of them accepted it and are still my allies and still talk to me there's a few that I came out to that just disappeared and it's sad but it's kind of one of those things and in my experience, it happened more with family than friends to have people not accept it. What was that? I think, I think Allie forgot to mute her mic. I have now muted her. That's all I had about that subject. Uh, trans Griffin, do you have anything to share? Yeah. I also decided to take it one at a time. I always had like my heart rate peaking up and super anxiety taking over me each time I did it, but I was like, in German we say Augen zu und durch, which means as much as close your eyes and just do it, just go with it. Like head through the wall. <laughs> and the funny thing is, the first friend I told that I am non-binary texted me back, you're kidding, me too. Awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. So I selected this friend uh, specifically to tell them because I knew they were involved in the LGBT community since we were together in school and I was far away from knowing anything about it. 
<laughs> and turns out they're non-binary too and i'm like oh my gosh this is starting out perfectly <laughs> yeah and later i told my sister and my sister has always been supportive to me with she's my found family sister not my blood sister so we've been through thick or thin uh, for i think it's 12 years now and she was there when i had that lesbian phase in my 15s where my parents were not supportive at all she was supportive to me she was always there for me so i knew she she would support me and i would be safe with her and uh, also her husband was like hey cool i have a non-binary pal he was like super happy about it and yeah so far that has been my experience with my friends. I'm not out to any family yet because of, yeah, my experience when I was 15 and lesbian. That was the opposite of support. It was more like trying to indoctrinate me and fix me, especially fixing me and a lot of crying from my mom. Like really, she broke down in tears in front of me and it, it that just left a scar. Like, I don't want to hurt her. I don't want her to feel like she has failed because that I am me is not a failure. That's not, yeah. But I understand that she would have a lot of grief over it. So I'm keeping it a secret at the moment. Um, thinking perhaps I could come out to my aunt and my uncle because they're atheists. Perhaps I have a better chance with them. I just gotta work up the courage and learn the Spanish words so I can communicate myself. I love that. You're also super, like, many-languaged pal. Many languages tri-lingual. Yeah, I speak Spanish, German, and English. But yeah, the terminology in Spanish is just not known to me. I didn't grow up knowing LGBT terminology in Spanish. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. I'm sure we'll figure it out. You're pretty good at oh. at, at Googling things, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my Google foo is strong. <laughs> okay, I want to take a stab at this question too. So the question again for those just joining us is, have you experienced anxiety about coming out to close friends now or when you first came out? How did you cope? I wanted to add a tool that I think in general is great, which is bookending. So if you have one or two people that sort of you're like close, your close friends, buddies who have your back and they have your back, then setting up before and after phone calls, hangout time, text messages, whatever sort of communication fits your situation to check in with someone before and after you have one of those conversations. It's it's really useful to to know that even if it goes poorly, you'll have someone to talk to after who will have your back and affirm your identity. If you are a youth, right? If you're if you're still living with parents, my suggestion is have a friend and if the friend is also underage, maybe your friend's parents as well who support you and have the option to go stay at their house for the night if things go poorly. Don't just run away, but if if people need to cool down, either make sure your door has a lock on it so you can have safety or say, I'm going to go to the house for a couple hours while you process this and uh, give yourself the space and time you need to to kind of settle in. Those are some suggestions that I would make. But even with adult folks, the book ending can be really helpful. I can also say in terms of just the experience of anxiety, I had 
way more anxiety about starting HRT than I did about coming out as non-binary. And those happened four or five years apart. And I think a lot of it is when you come out as as non-binary, but you're not doing any meds, that's a social transition, right? That's only social. But if you start taking HRT, that's a medical transition. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> like your brain starts working different. Your emotions do weird things. Your skin and face do different things. The fat in your body starts to move around. Like you start growing or shrinking things depending on what kind of HRT you're taking. And it's a whole thing. So I had a lot more anxiety personally to around coming out as a person on HRT. And that mostly was just my own personal stepping through that threshold, which is part of why I start each of these episodes off with my little trans check-in for the week. So folks know how it's been going and what I've been learning along the way. Anyway, that's a great, that's a great question. So we have questions about uh, name change, but what I actually think is more interesting is to ask the question, can you share a moment of gender euphoria? So how about that? Does anyone want to share about moments of gender euphoria? I'd love to. <laughs> Cool. I'll go. Very cool. The funny thing is, I'm as I'm looking at my life in retrospective, I see moments of gender euphoria that I clearly didn't understand at all. They were like, "Why do I feel euphoric about this?" I didn't have a clue, obviously. And one of them was I was meeting the local emo slash punk group at uh, the main station in Zurich. And I was like wearing my jacket with all of the spikes on it and was looking very masculine, like not even trying to just, I I just liked the look and I still felt pretty uh, cis female. (laughs) And then the one girl came to me and was like, you look like a butch. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But still like, why do I find that cool? Shouldn't I feel offended? Like, no, I like it. That's That feels super nice to me. And I was like hyping inside of myself while my brain was like, shouldn't you feel offended? <laughs> no, that, was, that was something that I like to think back to nowadays. And yeah, obviously after coming out to myself, the first thing I thought was I want to cut my hair. I had long hair all of my life. I was super proud of my hair. And then I was like, no, this is going to feel so good. I'm going to look more androgynous. I'm going to love it. And the result was, yes, I I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) And right now I'm riding that wave every time I get a new t-shirt or some accessory. I got my necklace here with my new name on it or this little bracelet. All of these small things really give me like a, a shot of gender euphoria when I just need it. Also, a friend sent me some posters and a sticker of some dragons holding non-binary flags, and I'm so happy every time I look at them. This is something extra coming from a friend affirming my identity and supporting me, and that's just, oh, that just makes me happy. (laughs) I love that. Who else has a, a moment of gender euphoria to share? I have a few. So for me, I grew up in a military family, and I was had my head shaved and buzz cut until I moved away from home and I've pretty much had hair to at least my shoulders and most of the time to my butt since then and uh, I just really feel good about myself when it's that length 
Most recently, though, oh, no, no, Ellie. Sorry, the baby's crawling around and she started to grab the laptop. But most recently, though, I went a little crazy on Amazon. I've got a kind of toxic relationship going on there. And I don't know, I brought, I bought, I don't know, a few hundred dollars worth of what I felt was cute and or sexy female clothing. And I spent about, I don't know, two weeks just waiting for pack, like packages arriving and let me try this and let me try that. And I just felt free, like just okay, comfortable. Like I don't know, I can't find the exact right words to explain all the different feelings. There were just several different feelings. I felt good about myself. I, Like I said earlier, I felt pretty. I felt real. I felt genuine, I guess you could say. It was slightly awkward because like I have all the blinds pulled and the curtains nailed shut, et cetera, et cetera. But then like when I came out to my my closest friends, they were all like, that's cool, we'll help. Lexi had said, and it's just the people that I care about most in my life are like, okay, so what do we do? You know, and most of what I what I call my fa- my my day to day family, they're my found family. They're not my blood family. My blood family is three thousand miles away, and my found family, like, just you don't want to mess with us. We're not a group to be messed with. So, you know, that having that 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 level of support from people in my life just is amazing. And then to dress and feel as dress the way I want to and not or, or not so much dress the way I want to and it feels right mm-hmm. versus the way I'm expected to dress I love that such a lovely feeling are there any more gender euphoria moments Capybara did you tell the story about the dryer oh yeah no I haven't told that it's a great okay. story you should tell that story yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag spouse life. <laughs> yes. We know it's each the, other's uh, stories. After over a year of pandemic being home together and mostly only seeing each it's, other, it's we're like, bound to know each other's stories like, somewhat. <laughs> it's like that, um, like my English teacher in sixth grade would read from Tales from Lake Wobegon, these little anecdotal tales. So this is like tales from my past mm. where... I I was working in with four other four other guys and living in the same house with them, so that was fun. And we were all software engineers together. They found other jobs and moved away, and then I was left with this big house. And it was uh, hard to heat and really expensive, and I felt like I needed to downsize. So I talked to my property management place and I told them I would like to move to a different place that is smaller. So what do you have? And they found a, they had an apartment building that was across town. It was actually closer to work. So I moved into that place by myself. And I had the option to get a washer and dryer rental from them. And they would put that into my rental place to use. So I did that, and whenever the dryer arrived, and they were all hooked up, apparently they didn't check to see if there was any clothes left in there, because whenever I opened the dryer, 
there was a blanket, like a crocheted blanket, which I actually still have, and a a skirt, like someone's skirt. And that's, ah, this is interesting. It's like some unknown person's skirt. And of course, like the dryer had been returned and the person probably moved away. And wow, what am I going to do with this skirt? I guess I could wear it. And, you know, and at the time I was, I don't know, 22, 23 years old and never wore women's clothing before, really. So I'm like, I should put this skirt on, see what it's like just wearing a skirt. Why not? So I like bolted the door shut and closed all the windows and made sure that no one could peep inside. I was like really nervous that someone could for some reason <laughs> and put this skirt on and like a wave of euphoria came over my body and I'm like this is an interesting feeling like I was just standing there trying to feel all the emotions flooding through me at that moment it was like part like pure excitement and part like guilt and part like shame and part like wonder and just five or six different emotions just mashed together and just floating around in my body and, and I didn't know what it, I didn't really know what to feel but I felt it's actually pretty cool and I'm just gonna do the housework now in this skirt so I went around the house and did my thing made, made dinner and did the laundry and I'm just popping around in my skirt and I never left the house with it on, but it's certainly it's certainly added up to another data point so that whenever I came out at age 39, I look back on that incident like, well, that was a dead ringer. <laughs> so those were roughly 20 years apart-ish? It was, yeah, it was like 15 years later. Mm -hmm. Like it was a long time later. Yeah, there was that gender euphoria like the first time i took hrt estrogen hrt it felt like my brain if my brain were like a shut down amusement park like the old abandoned amusement park and it's just tumbleweeds blowing through it and the rides are just ground to a halt and hadn't been turned on in years and then someone just came by to the electrical panel and just took that big red handle and just and all the lights came back on and the, the music like started back up and everything just started to churn and gyrate and inside of my brain is just wow these circuits haven't been activated in years and i feel freaking amazing <laughs> um that was pretty euphoric feeling that was really cool and then I guess the last thing to, to, to share would be like the bottom surgery that I just had in January where most of my dysphoria had been taken care of over the last five years by HRT and going through puberty and coming out the other side of that with a more solid identity and wearing female clothes all the time and the name change and all the documentation and everyone at work and I'm out everywhere. Like I could go as far as I could with being who I am, except for this one thing. 
And it just seemed like over, over the course of the last year or so, it that piece of dysphoria was just the last thing. And so whenever that was finally done, it really cemented the fact that I was female, like in my body. And there was no other reminders to tell me that I wasn't. It, and it's almost indescribable how that feels, but it's also like what cis people feel every day. And it's amazing feel like completely whole it's weird but it's really cool and i think every trans person strives for that moment whatever that looks like for them and i'm here to encourage that as much as i can because that's a really good feeling so that's all i had to share about that our next question comes from capybara and the question is what's the next step on your trans journeys that you're perhaps nervous or tentative about corollary to that question is what would you seek out a trans elder for now? I keep seeking you out. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, no, you can go ahead, Ellie. Are, are, are you sure? Because I'm not quite sure that I've completely formulated my response yet. Okay, if you need some more time, it's fine. Yeah, I'm going to have to think through <laughs> the question a bit more. Okay. Yeah. Like, what I'm worried about is how will the law treat me because here in Germany we have the TSG the transsexual law which already says a lot yikes yeah big yikes like where you have to have two independent psychologists assert your transgender identity on paper and it's difficult in not finding one who has like the capacity to have another patient and then you need two of them to um, give their official letters and they have to be german psychologists or can they be any psychologist in the world Mm. because trickster (laughs) meowster has so many ideas (laughs) that's why it's awesome having a community (laughs) like i my my personal psychiatrist will do a telehealth session with you and she will straight drop like the letter for you if that would be the loophole you could jump through and i know psychologists who write these letters for free because they know it's such a gatekeepy thing Mm. and it's shitty so there's some people that normally would charge 200 400 us an hour that will just do this specific thing for free that's very cool so yeah that's that gatekeeping (laughs) our community is stronger than your bullshit that's I call upon I call upon everyone listening to crowdsource the answer to this question. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing I'm nervous about. And the second thing is will my insurance cover uh any costs of HRT or content warning surgery? <laughs> Mastectomy. Because that would be important because I don't know how in the world I would get the money to do all that stuff. I know the name change is super expensive. The people I've seen who needed like 1,400 euros for it were already getting some sort of help from the state to lower the costs because normally it's four times that amount. But yeah, for 
yeah, for name, legal name change and uh, gender change stuff. Yeah, it's super expensive. For now, I'm okay because the trans German transgender organization, I'm not sure, DGTI, DGTI, offer a special service, which is an extra ID, which you can use along with your passport or ID card, which is legally sound and mostly respected where you can have your new name and your pronouns and everything on it including your gender if you're non-binary the they you can put anything in there but if you want to use it for international travel for non-binary people it's probably best to just put an x on there because computers can read it but the thing is you can use this in international uh, airports and stuff to prove your identity and that's super cool. And I just ordered mine like a month ago. It takes a while to get printed, but I think that's super good service for trans people. So they don't have to put up with getting dead named or uh, misgendered all the time because they have a semi-official ID they can sh show. And I'm super excited to get it. So, yeah. It's good to hear how other countries operate like this. <clears throat> yes, I appreciate you bringing in that extra layer of perspective. Right now, I would say probably until I answer the question answer the question of what is my gender identity, I can't really plan the next step. Mm -hmm. I can answer that as far as things that I'm nervous or tentative about, and this is very rooted in medical is HRT. I am biologically male. I have not several. I, I have been diagnosed with a mental illness that was severe enough to keep me out of... I'm legally disabled. I have been for over 10 years now. And I've spent the last five years getting back from being completely disabled to working part-time and then working part-time and going to school full-time. And now I'm working full-time and I'm going to school full-time and so all of that. Unfortunately, with mental health, we're still learning about brain chemicals. And Transcappy spoke about puberty, and I remember the freaking emotional mess I was during puberty the first time. Going into a second puberty, when my hormones change, what kind of effect is that going to have on my brain chemistry? I'm stable. I'm like for the first time in multiple decades, I am mentally and emotionally stable. And losing that is terrifying to me. Just absolutely terrifying to me. It's not the, that's my biggest effort, piece of apprehension or that's my biggest fear right now with all of this. With, wherever my gender falls, like I said, once I figure that out, I'm going to put a boundary down and I'm not going to back down from it and I'm going to go forward from there but the biggest thing I am and it's like at the same time if that's the case then fuck yeah sign me up for HRT I want boobs so I can play with them myself fuck anybody else getting to play with them it's 
Yeah. Who doesn't? I guess there are people who don't like this, but it's their loss. If that's something that can be, yeah. If that's something that could be a reality for me, fuck yeah, I want to do it. But okay, what are going to be the consequences? Because my consequences aren't imagined. My consequences are real. And that one of the things that, you know, that we do look at when, you know, we're considering medication management for um, when, when a person is being considered for medication management is they test hormone levels. Because in men, too low of a level of testosterone can present as severe depressive disorder. So mm-hmm. it's, it's which might also mean being trans and not having HRT is correlated to depression. That's, that's been possible. true in my life, and that's, I guess it's also true in mine. <laughs> I mean, like we are just now really beginning to look like psychology and psychiatry is still in the. Psychology is still very much a pseudoscience with where it's at now. It is with the DSM-5, it is becoming more scientific, but it's still very pseudoscientific. Psychiatry is very medically based, is medically based. They've got a lot of science behind that, but there's still so much that they're studying between neurotransmitters and how they function between different structures in the brain, etc. It's there's no so much there, we know so much less than we have the questions to an- to ask about. So okay. that's my where I'm at. I have loved and appreciated having all of you here. We're getting close to time. So I want to thank all of my guests. And I do have one last question for Allie. If, you are, if you're sharing that you are thinking strongly about HRT and wishing you had your own boobs, do you feel like your egg has hatched, has cracked, hatched? I don't know. I... I don't know how to answer that question with being moderately inappropriate. It's I really just can't don't know how to answer that question. Because it's personally, I'll play with boobs any chance I get, and it's if I got my own set around to play with whenever I want. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Do I want to lose my penis to do that, or it not work properly? I don't know. Because I'm still friends with the dude. His neighbors the testicles. I'm not too happy with. That's whatever. It Other does points. take a long time for anything. We've <laughs> talked anything to... to happen in that arena. We've talked at other points about how you can have a non-binary body shape. Like, you can have breast implants, not be on HRT, and still have uh, your penis, and if you wanted your testicles removed, you could. Like, there are ways to manage having all of the pieces that you want and not having the pieces you don't. The thing is, the more non-binary you get, the further away from the current WPATH standards you get. And until the next edition, is 8 the next one coming out, Capybara? WPATH 8 is going to have more non-binary stuff in it. So right now we're at WPATH 7. And WPATH 7 is very much still binary trans. And so it's not until WPATH 8 comes along that there will be recommendations to physicians about non-binary type surgeries where you're having, it's not from A to B, it's this other nebulous mix and match, choose your own adventure shape. And once WPATH 8 comes out in however many number of years that is, then the insurance companies will catch up and start adding that to their standards of care and the things that they insure. So it's just, there's... This whole thing. I'm just going to summarize some of the resources we've discussed this afternoon slash evening, depending on what time zone you're in. I'll post them in the chat here. So the first resource is the LGBTQ wiki, 
that has all of those different, not only gender identities, but also orientations. Uh, there's sections on demisexuality and ace spectrum identities and more, which is great. There's also the invitation link to my Discord server, which is a great place for you to come check out, uh, come hang out and do some questioning stuff. If you're like, I don't know, maybe, and you want to talk to people who identify that way in some more private space than just like your Facebook in front of all your friends or whatever. There's also the larger Trans Community Center Discord, which is just 10 to 15 times bigger than my server, which has a bunch of people talking about all the different types of transitioning. It is a lovely, expansive space with a lot of topics you can jump in on. And finally, we have a resource a couple, it looks, of resources that Lex recommends. Do you want to talk us through those, Lex? Uh, yes, I just need a sec. Oh, wait. I just need a second to get the link for the second one. There we go. I don't know if it's going to hyperlink, but okay. Yeah, so I'm in from Germany, so I'm going to list two German resources which I find very valuable. The first one is dgti.org. So dgti.org org that is the the organization that has those extra id cards that they give out to people they only cost i think they cost 20 euros you, you can get one for 20 euros so they're not super expensive or anything compared to actually getting your legal name changed so it could be helpful for some people i find it really cool and they also offer helplines, telephones, and information resources and brochures. And the second one I want to mention is uh, Queer's Lexicon. Queer slash lexicon.net. That is a page for young people. It's specially written for teenagers, but I also find it very well written and very well presented. They have a big list in alphabetical order of different terms regarding to being LGBTQ, explaining a lot of stuff. And they also have an inbox where they respond to questions that you can post anonymously. And I've learned a lot. There's a lot of resources for people. There's a brochure on how to bind safely. There's another one on how mm, to talk safely. I've seen that one. That was really cool. Yeah, so that that's a really good place to go, no matter your age, really. It's it's a very friendly place. And they also have a chat server, which is online during the weeks until 7 p.m., I think. So it's not always there, but yeah, I've snooped around there and people are very nice. So if you're in Germany or speak German from Austria or from Switzerland or whatever, I can recommend those that place, that queerest lexicon. That's awesome. Are there any other resources my guests would like to recommend? Link, link. Let's see. Your Discord server, Meowster, is like a really good one. There's a wealth of information in there. Plus, there's me. So you could ask me anything when you're there. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Friends, you can find these resources and more in the show notes of this show. Genderful with Gender Meowster is a weekly talk show podcast slash YouTube video playlist that we regularly record. We have Lex Lexi here is one of our main editors and makes the show notes pretty. And so each week we 
write down some notes while we're going and keep those show notes in the record. So if you are like, oh, what was that one hyperlink someone mentioned? We can plunk it in there for you. Thank you all for being here with us. I We're going to have a raid now. That's what's happening. Raid. But also I want to give the guests a chance to say goodbye. Thanks for coming to our stream. And thank you, Ali and Trans Griffin, for being in a vulnerable space talking about this stuff. It's, it's really awesome that you were able to show up and share yourselves with us. Thank you all so much. And guess if you'll hang out for an extra couple of moments, have a bio if you need it, but I'd love to just check out and see how the show went with you. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to tell Pappy that if it hadn't have been for her one-on-one -on -one time her and I have had, I don't know if I'd have been capable of being vulnerable because it's very scary. It's just all very scary. And she helped me ask questions of myself that made me feel a little more secure about what I could express and not express. So thank you. Aww. Yeah. As I expressed yesterday to Capybara, the fact that I'm putting myself in this vulnerable state only shows how safe I feel here, how safe I feel in this space. So thank you so much for providing this and having us in this talk show. Totally. My pleasure. Awesome. Fun fact, it was countless conversations with Capybara that made me feel comfortable enough to start HRT. I was already non-binary, yes. but I hadn't started HRT yet. So there really is yes. something special about speaking with your trans elders when you're young and new at all of these things. It's, it is a wonderful gift and offering from those in our lives. So thank you to the trans elders for being awesome and supporting us and loving us while we hey, all figure our stuff out. Hooray. I love it. All right, everyone. Yes. I'll talk with you soon.